to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've had a really great day so far, and I look forward to uh, spending some time with you here in this space talking about the second pillar of my unique method of explaining uh, whole holistic health, whole body, mind, and spirit. Um, and that is the uh, pillar of the sugar hormones. <laughs> now, either you're going to hear this or have heard me say this in the past few episodes and, and say, oh yeah, totally, I get what she's saying. Or you're going to say, I, what, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, and so I have to... Um, Tie in a few concepts that I've already explained, however, under this with this new kind of framework of explaining it, which I think will be really helpful for you. Why did I choose uh, sugar hormones, right? Um, the reason I chose that is for a few things. Um, for one, I think many women, many men too, but we're speaking so many people, but particularly women and particularly women have um, a problem with sugar. I think a lot of us recognize that we like uh, sweet things, right? And we have like a sweet tooth. Some people even have a sugar craving problem or even a sugar addiction problem, right? And a sugar addiction to me is when you know that sugar is really not good for you and uh, you know all the reasons like why sugar is not good for you. For example, um, uh, it imbalances your hormones, which I'll get into. Um, sugar itself in the blood causes damage, like actual damage to the tissues in your body, including the lining of your blood vessels, your skin, like uh, all of your body parts, actually. The, sh- the sugar sticks. Um, floating, Free-floating sugar in the blood sticks to um, body parts like and tissues. Um, it's called glycation, glucose is another word for sugar is glucose. And when it sticks, it's called glycation. And um, the end result of that is like a a damaged body part. Um, And it causes advanced, everything from like advanced aging, uh, effects of like basically accelerated aging process to potentially worse, maybe. Like there's some implications of it to do with, you know, well, for example, here's an example. One way to know that you are heading towards diabetes is they do a test called the hemoglobin A1C, which they look at your blood and they see how much of the blood has sugar stuck to it. And um, if you're over, I think it's like, depending, the range changes sometimes, but I think it's 5% if I'm not mistaken, or 5.5. But if you're over a certain number, certain percentage, that means you have too much sugar floating around in the blood, and that means you're at a higher risk for developing diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is obviously associated with higher risks of strokes, heart attacks. It's the number one cause of amputations in the modern in modern society. Um, so, you know, pretty big deal. You don't want to get have too much sugar floating around the blood. 
So there's definitely the sugar damage and the sugar hormone hormone effects, and those can be very harmful. And then you might be saying, uh, okay, so the sugar addiction is you know of those effects, yet you can't stop yourself from eating sugar. So you can't stop yourself from having that sweet treat, from having um, um, like a chocolate when you know you shouldn't, or that muffin, or that cake, or that little brownie, or that like healthy snack that still has a lot of maple syrup or honey in it, uh, or you bake a lot and you eat all those things. So that would be a sugar addiction. Um, and a lot of us simply just eat a lot of sugar. And part of it is because not that long ago, um, they really changed up our breakfasts uh, from being like really wholesome, you know, sourdough breads and overnight soaked grains like oats and millet and amaranth and that kind of stuff, buckwheat, to sugary breakfast cereals. Um, even like Cheerios and the wheat things, you know, um, Lucky Charms, even granola, a lot of granola has a lot of sugar in it. And basically this like regular exposure, um, left us, uh, with a taste for sugar. Okay. Um, however, it's not, I'm not speaking of just about refined sugar here. I'm talking about things that turn into sugar very quickly in the body, like Refined flours. So anything that's made from flour that hasn't been fermented uh, or sourdoughed, you know, um, it's still in its like very refined state um, without the proper preparation. Because uh, when you ferment things like sourdough, the act of fermentation actually de um, decreases the amount of sugar that uh, is available to get into your blood it decreases what's called the glycemic index, okay, which is like the amount of sugar per portion of, uh, the amount of sugar in your food that's, that turns into sh sugar in your, in your blood, okay? So little do you know that a slice of bread, a slice of conventional bread that hasn't been um, sourdoughed, um, has been heavily refined into like from the whole grain, which is healthy, into the flour, which is not, um, it's like five teaspoons of sugar in one, uh, one serving of bread. So, you might be like, oh, I'm, I don't have a sugar problem. I don't eat sweets, you know. Um, however, if you're eating, uh, you know, regular bread, pasta, pizza, if you like wine, alcohol, you know, um, sweetened beverages, kombuchas, fruit smoothies, gluten-free baked products have a lot of sugar in them to compensate for the decrease in taste when they're using these gluten-free flours and the gluten-free flours themselves, like rice flour, um, lots of sugar. Oat milk, lots of sugar. Rice milk, lots of sugar. And those are um, basically the category foods. I call them the fast carbohydrates because they've been processed in a way that uh, they're either in liquid format, like the oat milks and the kombuchas and the rice milks and that kind of stuff, or they've been turned into a flour. And I call them fast carbohydrates or fast carbs because in that state, um, the, it breaks down really quickly in the body which means it's really quickly absorbed into the body. And the fruit smoothies, the reasons it does that is because when you make a smoothie, you pulverize the, the fiber. So now it's like a naked sugar, it doesn't have the fiber protecting it, like wrapping it, so to speak. And um, you get really big sugar spikes, okay? So you're, you eat your fast carbohydrates, you get these big spikes of, of blood sugar, sugar in your blood. And then it, that results in a hormonal cascade a hormonal sequence of events which is why i call it the sugar hormones as the pillar 
because the effects, the downstream effects of too much sugar in your blood is that it overactivates the sugar hormone insulin, which then affects the cortisol hormone, which is a stress response, which then affects your body's production over time of uh, sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So in men, for example, a, a very sweet um, meal that increases their blood sugar uh, to a certain point, I forget the exact numbers, can decrease their testosterone by 25%. And in women, it's, it's like bizarre. It's like an opposite almost problem where increases in the insulin hormone as a result of too much sugar coming into the blood from the fast carbs, that ends up causing problems in the ovaries with respect to how much um, estrogen versus progesterone versus what's called androstenedione. So kind of like the more mm, male sex hormones, but women have it too. And then when you get excess of those, you get like at the extreme, you would develop something like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, uh, and it, between that and the extreme, you can have problems with fertility, problems with excess hair growth, uh, problems with um, acne, problems with weight, um, problems with your mood, um, problems with your menstrual cycle, problems with menopause, right? Because you're dysregulating the production of these sex hormones. Basically, when one hormone gets off whack, uh, everything else is affected from a hormonal perspective, even thyroid, the thyroid hormone gets affected. Um, and sometimes it's direct, like it actually, so estrogen affects the production of thyroid hormone and so does cortisol. Um, and sometimes it's like downstream where um, the stress response cortisol can actually stop the thyroid from working at the level of the cells. So your, your thyroid is making the thyroid hormone, but it's not, it's not properly working in your tissues, right? That's not measurable by blood work. So that's not something your doctor can test for. But again, that's why I started with the stress response as the, as the pillar, because again, that's like a really heavily under-recognized contributor to disease and, and difficulties with achieving whole body health, holistic health. So again, you can see how these are interrelated, right? The sugar, the sugar causes, um, the fast carbohydrates causes a sugar spike, which imbalances the sugar hormones and causes a stress response, a physical stress response, right? From pillar number one. And also too much sugar affects gut health um, because if you have a lot of these fast carbs in the, in the gut, it feeds certain organisms in the gut like candida, which is meant to be in your body, but it's not meant to be overfed and for it to overgrow, right? So you can see how everything is kind of starting to interconnect. And the reason I made sugar hormones its own pillar is because it is um, a massive problem with modern day society in that um, sugar is hidden in everything. Fast carbs are hidden in everything if you're not careful. Like, first of all, there's 56 different words for sugar in um, that the um, food industry uses when they're creating their food um, like ingredient lists. So I don't even look at the food um, composition, like the, the food label in terms of uh, protein content, carb content, and fat, fat content. I look at the ingredient list and I, and the ingredient list goes from most, like the most amount of an ingredient and to the least amount. Okay. And um, there's like, if you pay attention, there'll be like three or four different words for sugar hidden in there, like dextrose and maltose and um, maltodextrin and uh, agave syrup and brown rice, brown rice syrup and ne coconut nectar. And basically these are all um, 
words for sugar. And because they don't want it to look like there's a lot, uh, they like break it down into different words. Um, or maybe I'm over like giving them too much credit and they're just literally stating the names of all the different kinds of sugars that they put in there to make it taste sweet and, and for us to want it and to crave it and to buy it, right? That's their job to make us want to buy it. And so it's, it's literally everywhere. And I see people like, um, okay, so for people who are um, living like a, di- a, a very obviously um, unhealthy lifestyle, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the candies, right? The, the chocolates and the candies and, and that kind of stuff. Then there's, a, and there's the people in the middle who are like not aware that their fast carbs are coming in the, in the state of like um, granolas and um, bread and pasta and pizza. Um, and then there's like the subset of people who, who think that they're really healthy and they're doing all the right things, but they don't realize that their healthy protein bar is full of sugar. Their healthy granola has too much sugar. Their, um, fruit smoothies are dysregulating their sugar hormones enough to be an issue. Their kombuchas, um, are still too sweet, too much leftover sugar from the, um, kombucha process, right? And wine, right? Wine has a lot of sugar. Um, so you can see how... Um, if you're not really attentive to this, oh, and here's another example, like tomato sauce, like pasta sauce, look at the ingredient list. I mean, it really should just say tomatoes, um, ideally organic, right? A- extra virgin olive oil, um, sea salt, right? And then maybe like a tomato paste and then some like vegetables, some herbs, it should not have natural flavors written on it. It should not have preservatives like sodium benzoate in it. it. should not have salt. It should be sea salt. And it shouldn't have added sugar. And it should not have vegetable seed oils. It should be olive oil and not sunflower oil, canola oil, so- soybean oil. Those are the ways that we can get really um, misled. And the thing is, the title of like the product does not correlate with its health so like smart foods not very smart okay like that title um organic doesn't mean it's doesn't have sugar in it right um what else uh natural (laughs) doesn't mean it's it's good for your sugar hormones or your gut health right so as you can see um i had to really uh, pull that one out and bring it out and focus on it because it's it's the obvious one for many and it's the subtle not so obvious but ongoing issue for others okay and unfortunately like our kids are having a real problem with this and i don't know what happened but um somewhere along the line um sweet things got incorporated as treats right and and like rewards for things so like at my son's school and i love his school I, we actually just moved, so we're going into a new school, so I can't speak to that school, but the school we were at, I, I love them. And I know that they are not on their own with this. It's every school with few exceptions. Every time there was like a holiday, it was like time for candy and sweets. Every time there was like like a treasure hunt, the reward was a candy. Every time it was someone's kid's birthday, there was some kind of candy or sweet. It was just like, there was barely a day when there wasn't like a sweet sugar hit from something. You know, it was just like, oh my goodness, it's it's insane. And then in my son's daycare, and they were staffed with the mo- my other son, they were staffed with the most most lovely, loving, kind people. They would provide the snack and the mid morning snack, and it was like, you know, bread with with jam, right, which typically has a lot of sugar in it, or it'd be like Cheerios, 
or it'd be some kind of pancake mix or muffin mix. And the thing is, it was made with so much love and there was so much sugar and juice boxes, right? Juice boxes everywhere. Juice is terrible for your health unless it's from a seasonal fruit that's freshly squeezed and you're having a small amount of it, okay? (laughs) Which means that you would only really have it in the summer um, in small amounts and it'd be fresh, not pasteurized, okay? That's a whole other story, but just to give you an idea, like I have some friends where I feel like they're, they've gotten the eating right, but the drinking is not there yet. Just the, the juice. The, and they're like, oh, I'm getting my vitamin C from the orange juice or the apple juice. And it's like, well, these are naked sugars. They have been removed from the fiber that was causing this to be a slow carb and turned it into a massive fast carb. Okay. And so our society is creating uh, the way that it's the system. It's a systematic, like a system-wide problem. And when I was in medicine, we were taught that, you know, when a, when a patient got like the wrong drug or the wrong drug dose, you could, it was very hard to look at one specific thing as the cause. Cause like, yeah, maybe the doctor wrote the drug dose down wrong. However, the nurse administers it and then he or she didn't catch that or the pharmacy saw the dose and didn't recognize that it was like way too high. And then um, the electronic medical record didn't have a way of identifying that as being too high of a dose. So that that is an example of like a, a system-wide problem. There's not one um, person or organization at fault. It's just something that has developed over time. And now we have to like really dig at the root cause of this. And, and we, if you're looking at a garden and there's weeds everywhere, you have to pull out all the weeds, right? You can't just be like, this weed is the problem. No, it's like everything. You have to clean up the whole mess, right? So um, sugar hormones was definitely one of my um, pillars. The reason, and sometimes, you, you know, again, how does it link with the stress response? Well, when you're having like a mental or spiritual stress response, sometimes we self-medicate with sugar. Because sugar releases feel-good hormones, right? So we self-medicate with like a glass of wine or a kombucha or um, a dark chocolate or a not dark chocolate or um, a bag of Skittles or candy or whatever it is, right? Something sweet because they, it does cause like um, a feel-good hormone release and that is temporarily helpful for a state of, you know, problems with mental or spiritual health. Um, and that was for me, like I was having a really hard time coping with, um, you know, the new experience of being a mother plus, um, my dad's illness and, you know, all of the things. And, uh, I was reaching for a lot of things that were sweet, you know, it's like, and it was like little thing here is like, go to the coffee shop and have a little treat, you know, like a little, um, organic, you know, spelt um, with brown sugar and, you know, dark chocolate. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's a healthier version, but it's still a lot of sugar, you know? Um, And those are still my Achilles heel. Like if I'm not careful, I'll start doing that. Like I'll start choosing to have that dessert. I'll start choosing to have that treat. And the thing is, um, this is not meant to get you into a state of deprivation where you're like, you have to say no to everything like birthday cakes and you know, a loved one bakes you something with loving, all the love in their heart. Like, please do not say no to that unless you have a serious food intolerance. Like, I can't have dairy. It really, like, I just can't. And I have to tell people, like, I'm so sorry, but I just can't eat dairy. It really, my digestive function, like, I just go into distress. Like, it's terrible. 
you don't want to be around me if I have dairy, you know? And so, and so my friends and my family know. However, if it's like, if it's, if it's simply the sugar hormones and you're worried about it and a friend of bakes you like something with loving kindness in her heart, I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying to say no, right? That's um, not the point. The point is from day to day, it's the regular daily things that we do that really cause the impact. And that's why I was, I'm a bit concerned. Well, I'm very concerned with the, um, the culture that we have, particularly in our kids' schools around the sugar thing, because we are setting them up for future disease 100%. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. And every kid has a tipping point. So they're good and they're good until they're not. Okay. And then you start to notice that their, their mood isn't maybe as great as it could be. They're digestive, like they might be getting some constipation, some diarrhea. They're starting to gain weight. And, you know, it's like unusual because that's not typical at that age. You know, at least it didn't used to be, right? It is now. Um, but remember, common is not normal, right? Um, their skin might be breaking out. They might be getting rashes. Um, their sleep might be disrupted, right? All of these things. Um, and in some severe cases, they get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, but you don't, need to, you don't need that diagnosis to have a problem with your sugar hormones, okay? The research is very clear on this now, that people can have blood sugar spikes as high as diabetics. The difference is they have a period of recovery, but in that moment of the blood sugar being high, the damage is happening, okay? And that's when you get the hormonal imbalances, the damage to the tissues, um, and when you're living in this yo-yo kind of state where you're high blood sugar and then recovery, high blood sugar and then recovery, while well, you're getting those hits of damage, and over time, you're increasing the risk of you developing some kind of condition like type 2 diabetes, like a stroke, like a heart attack, um, you know, and so on and so forth. So, and, and dementia and Alzheimer's, by the way, um, Alzheimer's is now some... Um, categories of Alzheimer's, uh, there's like different categories, and one of them is at, called type 3 diabetes, where um, they show that people develop diabetes in the tissues of the brain. Type 2 diabetes is diabetes of the muscles. Um, so the problem with the sugar hormones happens at the level of the muscles, and in Alzheimer's, it's at the level of the brain. Okay. So this is super important, especially since Alzheimer's is way more common in women than it is in men. All right. So, um, you know, if you're in denial about this, um, that's cool. You might need to listen back to this. <laughs> if you're like, oh my gosh, this is me, you know, um, start taking action. Uh, it's never too late. And every single day that you have in better health than in poor health is a day of your tissues um, healing, rather like being in a state of healing rather than a state of harm. And that's worthwhile. Um, and then if you're really having a hard time or you just want to learn more, definitely reach out to me. You know, I have a few, um, online, um, women's health group programs. Um, I found that providing this kind of information with live Q and A's, um, and sort of like a, a structure and a framework during a period of time in a container that's very, um, specific to the task, so to speak, um, it was very powerful, like, you know, getting women who um, either didn't know what to do and then learned how to do it and did it or knew what to do, but just couldn't get it engaged in their life. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, because of the way that I teach in the container that I teach with the group setting for accountability and support, 
they're suddenly able to do the things and boom, 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 everything starts falling into place and boom, 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 the health benefits start emerging. And it's like you go from a downward spiral to an upward spiral and wow. So if you're interested, definitely reach out info at drpatriciamills.com. I am here to serve. Um, so please um, feel free to connect with me if you feel like this is something you need help with. All right. So thanks for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, or night, depending on when you catch this. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 